0: Coming to you from the trenches of blue-collar America, the place where the wheels of America are kept turning and turning. It's the Blue Collar Success Network, hosted by blue-collar business coach, author, and
1: speaker Jerry Eisenhower with CBC Coaching. Take it away, Jerry. Hey, and I want to welcome here once again to the blue collar success network you know we're on all the channels out there now we're on Spreaker SoundCloud and finally finally we got up on iCloud in the last week usually it's me talking and sometimes it's Cheryl in my very first time of having someone else on this show and it's really great because these guys have had me on Their show, because they do a great podcast out there called The BCP Show. So with me today, I got two guys that I met about seven years ago, and they are people that I can depend on, people that I can ask a question. And the thing is, they might not agree with me, and I may not agree with them, but of anybody ever met, we can have one of the most open-ended conversations, and maybe we don't all agree, but I think we all learned something. So today I'm going to welcome with me, I got Carter Harkins and I got Taylor Hill from the BCP show and also the principals at Spark Marketer that is a marketing company concentrating on blue collar America. So guys, Carter, I'm going to get you first. How are you doing today, sir?
2: Hey, Jerry, doing well. Hey, thanks for having us on.
1: Man, this is unreal. Like I said, usually you're interviewing me, and I'm interviewing you today. I How about love, that, bro?
2: I love flipping the tables.
1: I hear you, man. And now my other guy here, that's Taylor Hill. Hey, and I will tell you, these two guys are perfect because this is like the visionary and the implementer. And I've never seen two partners that actually mesh like this. So, Taylor, you out there with me, brother? Yep, I'm right here. I'm hey, ready. So I got you, man. So here's the question. I've asked them to come on the show today because I think the three of us share a kind of a unique thing. Because I think we actually kind of look into crystal balls. And what I've seen from these guys are they've alerted me to things that are coming down the pipeline that nobody really knows about. So what I've asked them to do is come on here today and kind of share what their crystal ball is. So I'm going to start with Carter. So Carter, I want you to take a minute, look into that crystal ball, look into that guy that studies minds, got that great design talent, and tell me, what do you see over the next one to three years that blue collar business owners need to be aware of and looking towards?
2: Absolutely. So looking into that crystal ball, and we've been looking at it for a while now and seeing, you know, the trends that that, that we've identified as being things that are crucial to the success of any blue-collar business owner. And, you know, in, in just the privilege of having a, a, a company that serves them and having, you know, the privilege of being able to speak to blue-collar business owners every week through our own podcast, Blue Collar Proud Show. And then writing a book called "Blue Collar Proud," you know, we've identified what we think or think are really ten <coughs> specific things that business owners need to be focused on. But the one that I think I want to focus on today, and mainly it's because I got a burr up, burr under my saddle with this. I just there's some, I've seen some things going on on Facebook that just make me cringe, and and so, um, really it's about the workforce that's coming online right now, in across the board in every single society in the world. But right here in America, and that's millennials. I mean, it's the M word. Some people don't like hearing it. But, you know, if you're a blue-collar business owner, 35% of the workforce right now is made up of millennials. In 2020, they estimate that that's going to be 46% of the workforce. So I hear so much pushback. I mean, like, not just... Not just people saying, ah, I don't really want to hire millennials. If I can find somebody else, that's fine. I mean, like, almost to the point of hatred toward the idea of hiring a millennial in a blue-collar business. Like, they're not good workers. They suck. They just, they want a free ride. They don't work. They're, you know, they're, I mean, just all of this, this energy around it. And it's like, man, here's the deal. By 2020, 46% of the people who want a job are going to be millennials, and if you're not willing to hire them and figure out how to lead them right now, you're going to be behind the curveball. If you want to future-proof your business, starting right now, and this is looking into the crystal ball, starting right now, you've got to figure out how to work with millennials, hire them, and then lead them successfully. Here's I'm going to. This is a bold statement, but I'm going to say it. It's been perfect. I, I I got on Facebook the other day, and I was I was. I don't rant much, but man, I, this just—I—I I ranted on this because it—it—it it matters to me. I mean, I think it's important that people understand. But I'm just—I'm gonna—I'm gonna go even further, <laughs> okay? I'm gonna say this: when when I hear a blue-collar business owner say that millennials are just a bunch of whiny, complaining, entitled, lazy snowflakes. What I hear is not anything to do. It's not a reflection on what the millennial generation is. It's a reflection on their ability to be a good leader. Okay. And
1: you know, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's
2: it. Okay. It says more about your ability to lead than it does about who you're trying to hire for your business.
1: Okay. You hit me exactly at the question I was going to ask you. And yes, Carter, I had never seen you. Go on to Facebook with that. It's like something happened, and we hadn't had a chance to talk. But So tell me this. Let's share the information because you guys recently attended a conference that we did. You brought your leadership team in, and what I tried to turn this into was how do you work and manage different generations? But i got to ask you a question. How does a person lead the millennial to success.
2: Yeah. So I just wrote an article about this. In fact, I published it today on LinkedIn and this is, this is the heart of it. It's, it is about encourage. It's about, okay, good leadership of millennials. And this is really any generation. Okay. We could, we could strip away all the generational talk, all the ageism, all of the, the talk about gender and everything else and just come down to the human experience. People work harder. People work better People find more fulfillment out of the job that they do when it's connected to something that's bigger than themselves. And if you as a leader of a company can show your employees, whether that's a current employee, somebody who's been with you for 20 years, or somebody who's just showing up with a job application, if you can show that person how what they are being asked to do for you connects with a bigger picture, connects with something that is far beyond just swinging hammers and turning wrenches, then you're going to inspire that person to give you their best. And when what in their best, if it's required as part of the job, and you can show them how it connects to the bigger picture, a bigger purpose behind it, a mission for how we serve our community, they will follow you and you'll see an incredible shift in the work output that you get.
1: Can I ask a question there? I want you to expand on a word. The word you've used and you have to and you know this I do motivational presentations and you said a key word in that so tell me and expand on that word inspire inspire to yes. me
2: to me that is standing up as a leader and saying follow me not because I own the place but because I want to lead you to something that is going to be more fulfilling in your life. I'm going to give you a bigger reason than just a paycheck to come to work every day and do what we do. It's inspiring is laying out a vision. It's saying, "You know what? When I started this company 20 years ago, I was just like you. I was just trying to provide for my family. I was just trying to figure out how to get bread on the table, how to, you know, do an honest day's work for an honest wage." But it's become more than that to me. As I've lived in this community, as I've been a part of this community, I realize there's big needs here. And we, doing what we do, get to serve that community and provide for those needs. We give back to the community. We serve in other ways that are beyond just the job that we do. But we look at our job and coming into people's homes and interacting with our customers as a way to find other places that we can serve. Being connected, being an employee here means that you are you know, going beyond just the actual skill that you've learned in the job that you do you know whether it's a plumber whether it's a roofer whether it's you know contracting um, or I mean you know, building building additions on homes or whatever it may be you know when you show up on the job site you get to be something bigger than that you are connected to a team that has bigger goals in mind for that That's the sort of inspiration that I'm talking about that if leaders spend a little bit of time and I'm going to say it's I recognize it's not easy for blue collar business owners, especially those who have come up through the trades and now own their own business to get all mushy, emotional, you know, and just using language like that to talk to their guys you know it's easier to just be cut and dry, right? This is the job, this is what we got to do. This is what it needs to come in at. This is our budget, and this is how much we're all gonna make and be happy, get a bonus, go home, you know, and hang out with our families. But if you can if you can speak a little more passionately, if you can if you can bring the energy to it, the the inspiration to it, you're gonna find that you're engaging with your people at a really high level and you're gonna see a great impact.
1: So Carter, that is probably one of the most passionate talks I've ever seen you give. And I'm not looking at you. We're doing this by teleconference. That was impassioned. So what I'm taking from this is you feel like that the blue-collar leader has got to learn leadership skills and how this transfers to build this culture to where he's going. Is that what I read out of what you just said?
2: Yeah. If you want to be in business in three to five years, your workforce is going to be made up of millennials. you got to figure out how to, how to lead them and how to use their passion and their skill to grow the business that you can be proud of.
1: Unless I have one more factor. That's also going to be your customers. Yes. Okay. So you've got to lead your people and you've got to sell to the person that has this mind. And that means they got to know why they got to know why. And that's what I heard you tell me. This is why we do what we do. Did I hear that correctly? That's it.
2: That's it. It's to the why. Got it.
1: Okay, so, Taylor, I'm going to ask you the same question. Yeah, I'm you, always you're... Make me,
0: you always make me you me follow him like this, yeah. don't you?
1: <laughs> I, you know, and I'm wondering, okay, is the passion going to come out of Taylor Hill to this degree? Because I've seen you on your soapbox. So here's your opportunity. Looking in Taylor's crystal ball. And Taylor looks at things one way. Carter looks a little bit different. Jerry looks different. So, Taylor, my friend, mm-hmm. what do you see? Well, you know, I see a lot of things in,
0: you know, if you if you want to silo a business, there's a lot of things changing in marketing. There's a lot of change, changing in advertising. There's a lot of things changing over here, over there, and and wherever. But I'll tell you the num- the number one thing that I think is going to impact a business in the next three to five years is exactly the same thing that impacts business today, and that's cash flow. I just read a, a really great article, um, it, man. Cash flow is the reason 87% of small businesses fail today. So, you want to, I, I am so tired of talking to people that don't know their frickin' numbers. I mean, it is, it should be business 101. You should know your numbers. You got to know your numbers. If you do not know your numbers, you cannot control your cash flow and you are setting yourself up for failure. This time of year, a lot of our clients don't have the money to pay their bills. How do I know that? Because they call. That's how I know. That's how I know people don't know what they're doing. What are they spending on? When 87% of small businesses and blue-collar companies are in that percentage, are going to go out of business because of cash flow. It has nothing to do with marketing, nothing to do with anything else, except you have not set your business up correctly. If you cannot do that, go work for somebody else until you learn how to do that. Go hire somebody, do something, but don't stay in business and suffer. It drives me crazy.
1: And that's a passion from you. And, and see, I'm. I'm- I'm kind of
0: over it because I sat and listened to a guy that works with plumbers who the other day made this statement. He said the biggest problem that we have in plumbing with owners is they do not take responsibility. Okay. And he said, and the reason I know that is because only about four out of every 100 companies I talk to know their numbers. If you don't know your numbers, you are not responsible. You are not taking responsibility for your business. You are not taking responsibility for your employees. If you don't know your numbers, you're not a responsible business owner. And I sat there and said, you know, the guy's right. And you want to take it more than that? We've got a problem in this country about responsibility. We talk about taking personal responsibility If I had a number of small business owners and I took a poll and said, do you believe in personal responsibility? I guarantee you almost 100% of those those hands will raise. And yet, if I ask those same people, how many of you know what your cash flow is this week? Out of that 100, I may have five people raise their hands. So, you got to quit playing. Quit playing. And start... Being responsible. Start being an adult and run your business the way it needs to be run.
1: You know, Taylor, you know my background. Mm -hmm. You know what all I've been through. Yep. And see, and that's and believe it or not, I'm actually having dinner tonight with one of my bankers from many years before my downfall. And what he does now is he does CFO work, and I'll tell you a little bit about that later on and some of the things he's doing on working with banks to get their numbers right for the FDIC. Okay, that's what he does. He's a consultant to banks now mm-hmm. because they got the same problem. Oh, It's everywhere. It's everywhere. But like I said, if you read my book, read Chaos the Reinvention, it tells you my personal story. And, Taylor, it's just, you know, whenever I formed my business, credit was easy. If I needed another 100000 it weren't no problem. I just made a phone call and it was transferred in my checking account. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like I said, and that was what I talked to the banker about when we had the conversation the other day. It's like these are the things that drove this and where it's at. But because of the changes, you're right. Funding is not easy to get. You can't bar your way out anymore because the regulations won't allow you and there's also there is easy funding out there but here's the problem a lot of it has a trap there's a lot of business owners Mm -hmm. that have borrowed money but the way it's paid back is scary as all dickens because what you do is someone gives you a large line of credit and when i say large it could be 20 it could be a hundred thousand dollars but they set this up over a two-year term, a three-year term. And how they get paid is they go and draft it directly out of your checking account every day. Every day. Every day there's a deduction from your checking account. Imagine that.
0: Yeah, and, and what happens is, and this is where, this is where people don't understand, your, your business life is in cash flow. It's in how much cash you have to run your business on a day-to-day basis. That does not include payroll. Payroll is payroll. you got to have money left over. You have to have money in order to make decisions. You can't make good decisions in your company if you don't understand where everything's going and how much you need. People, if, if you don't know how much money you need every single month, all right, in order to run the business that you currently have, you are doing yourself a disservice. If you have a company, and let me tell you, I used to be in the mortgage business, and that's as seasonal as you can get, all right? I knew how much I needed to run my business and how much money I needed to make in order to run my household. So in order to do both of those things, when I was in the money, the months that in the spring and fall when it is really good. I put money back so I could get through those other months because I knew what it took. You have to do that if you're a seasonal business or you have to figure out during those times to figure out what you have to bring in in order to make up the difference and figure that out.
1: You know, I was in a, I conducted a class two weeks ago in Kansas City, and it was from Midwest HPBA, and it was all about setting up, doing a SWOT analysis, how to do a SWOT within your company, and it was about goal setting and those kind of things. And I had one gentleman there, and he was, he had, uh, the whole room, he was the only one that had a, a business administration administration degree. He he had a, he, I mean, he had the degree, So I got into cash reserves, and what I was talking about was, and I said, let me ask you, how much cash money, how much reserves does a company need? And he said, if they don't have enough money in reserve to operate that company for 90 days without income, they better get it. Would you agree with that?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And that's what we talk. Right. That's how he started. He said, we got to put a plan together. And we talked about that. So if you guys are listening, that's part of budgeting. And Taylor, you've done a lot of budgeting mm-hmm. and your experience. Now, you're working with a CFO now, I believe. And But at the same time, that's part of budgeting is how do I build this cash reserve. Am I correct?
0: Yes. And here's the thing. Everybody has a different level. My CFO basically oversees me. I bring her in about every three months. She goes over the books. And if she sees anything or has any questions, and I've had people ask me, Well, you're really good at this. Why do you have somebody to do this? And I said, Because I make mistakes just like everybody else. And when we make a decision in our business, I can call her and say, Okay, this is where we're going. This is what we're seeing. This is the money we've put aside for this. You know, is this enough? What do you think? And she gives us an answer because she understands what our business is. All right? Everybody needs mentoring. Everybody needs input. Everybody needs that. We need it. And we go out and pay for it, and we get it. But we budget that. You have to budget those things. And, and this, this is just one of those very fundamental things. When you go in, into business, you better have a budget. When we started Spark Marketer, I guarantee you, one of the very first things that happened is I created a budget. Is that right, Carter? Oh, yeah. We created a budget, all right? And there were times, man, we were lean and Carter and I didn't get paid. And it wasn't fun. But we paid all of our bills and we made things happen. And the one thing I will tell you I would go to Carter and say, Carter, we got X amount of dollars in the bank, we got to get to work. So when people say how do I get out of this situation? You got to work yourself out of the situation. You got to go out, you got to join BNI, you got to network, you got to go door to door, you got to do whatever it takes. You can't yeah. sit back and wait for somebody to come to you and rescue and save your tail. You got to go
1: to there work. Go. So we've had two things. We got we got one side which was Carter's we got Taylor with your side. I'm going to throw mine in. I want to know what you guys think of what I'm looking at because both of those are dead on the money.
2: Yeah, I want to know.
1: I th- mine is technology. I think in today's world a blue collar, going forward, it is going to be technology. I shared the other day a picture of a bricklaying machine and how those types of things are coming into play. Automation, technology. I watched a, the, the use of Google Glasses, which was supposed to be hot for the consumer years ago. That's now an industrial product. So what you're doing, you're sitting back there, you're building a custom product, and plans are in your glasses, and you're scrolling. So what you're doing is, it is faster communication. Earlier today, I looked at, an SOP standard operating procedure on how to operate a, a inspection and estimate form going through iFleet and through smart service. And this is a PDF fillable form that the language comes in. This SOP is 10 pages and, and when I sent it back for editing I feel like that it's going to be broken into five to six SOPs, and it may be close to a hundred pages by the time the photographs are added on how to operate this system. And so, what I'm seeing is is technology. I'm seeing where the way that this blue-collar industry is going to communicate with its customers, it's going to, it's going to go through all kinds. I see, I see a Lexus that sits in my kitchen right now that turns on my lights that can call the police i'm seeing that i got a thing threw up today for the google assistant to do all these other things so my thing is it's going to take technology and technology is going to cost money and it's just like you said it's going to come down to the budgeting but it's also going to go over to the leadership because you've got to get your people to buy into this so my thinking is technology Taylor, what do you think about technology? Is that part of it too?
0: Well, you know, I'm I'm gonna be sixty this year and I I laugh when a lot of people say, Oh man, I just can't do this and I just can't do that. Man, I'm forced to. If I'm gonna keep running my business, I'm going to I am going to have to gravitate and learn technology. And if that means courses, is that if that means I gotta to go to a college class, if that means whatever that means, that means I gotta grasp technology in our business. That's just part of leadership. That is part of it, you know. I've been, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's to me, it's a no-brainer, Jerry. If you, and this has been going on for the last ten years, because it's accelerating at such a rate. If you don't get on the technology bandwagon, and these are people that are still doing written estimates, you know, that are not gone paperless. I mean, that's. I had a guy tell me the other day. Said, you know, I keep I keep getting people tell me all these guys are going to overtake me, and yet I look around and they're not. They're not even paperless yet. What does that mm-hmm. tell you?
2: Right. Says if they you can't know, go
0: paperless, they're never not going to overtake me because I'm on the front end of technology.
1: Let me tell you about fear. I, I've been speaking for 32, thirty-four years now. Presenting. I started presenting when we had overheads. Do you remember overheads?
2: Yeah. I, I saw remember. a picture of you just recently with a right. with an overhead yeah. projector.
1: That's it. Transparencies. You bet. So some years ago I did a seminar in Milwaukee and I had a stack of transparencies. And the way you made the transparency, you had to run through the copier and then you kept this stack. And those things slid and all of a sudden my transparencies are everywhere. And when I got done, I said, Okay, this is my last seminar that I'm ever going to present with transparencies and PowerPoint was available. And I was scared to death of this. And I went to, and we were at the Milwaukee airport. And I can remember this day and Jim Brewer, who's a real good friend of mine, much more tech savvy. I said, Jim, I don't know what to do. I got to learn how to do PowerPoint. He said, you want to learn how to do PowerPoint? I said, sure. He said, I'll have you doing PowerPoint before the plane gets here. I said, do what? He said, Jerry, it's so easy. It's unreal. And he the whole thing was I had this fear. And once I was a and once he showed me how simple this was, and you guys have seen me do all kinds of stuff with PowerPoint, right? Oh yeah. And you know, I can do PowerPoint in all kinds of ways and I still don't know how you do everything in there. I can make slides go this way, zing, sounds, beans, cash registers, you name it. It's really easy. So, going from there, but you got to get past that fear. So, Carter, what do you think about technology?
2: Well, I, you know, just talking about this in in your business, the fear of adopting new technology, there's one group of people that do not have that fear. In fact, they bring it to the table to solve every single kind of problem in your business. They don't have a fear of it, they learn it, they they embrace it. It's like 100% of their lives, and that's millennials. The new generation of workers that are coming online right now embrace technology and they have an expectation that the place they work is going to have technology in place already. And if they don't have it in place, then they better be willing to listen to me because I'm going to help them get it there. That's a huge advantage in hiring younger. I was gonna say that, and I was just gonna throw in. By the way, that's how
0: I learn about technology: is the people we hire. Absolutely. But let
2: me say this too about millennials: is they, as a generation, they are more likely to live within their means than any previous generation, including Generation X and Baby Boomers. Then, you know, then so. Because of that, they're the ones that are more likely to know their numbers, mm-hmm. to ride herd on cash flow and understand where things are at. These are businesses. So if you're, if you're an older business owner thinking only about hiring people that you can relate to, meaning people your own age, and you're not getting any younger, by the way, so you're putting yourself in a position where your business isn't going to grow. Technology is huge. Having people that, that know their numbers... If you don't hire them, they're gonna go out and start the businesses that become your competitors. That's that's my feeling.
1: Let me talk. You, you talk about younger. You know how many? You know we got a lot of people, and I've been on a social marketing kick for years. You guys know this. I believe in it. I promote it. I think it has the hugest potential out there, and people are scared of. They don't know how to do it. You know, and one of the things I tell people is, it's like, hey, you got a twelve-year-old kid in your neighborhood. I'm serious. You got a 12-year-old kid. I bet you they can teach you how to use all this stuff. They can use it. I can remember when my grandkids were playing with the uh, pack, you know, all the little gadgets. They were born on this stuff coming out of cribs. Yep. So when you look at it, you're exactly right. So I think we have thrown out three great avenues. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yep. Uh, okay. So, Carter, we're going to end this in a minute, but I'll ask you, What would you say to part this with? Do you guys ask for a quote? I want to ask for your thoughts. If you could communicate your thoughts in a little short paragraph, what would you advise anyone listening?
2: Uh, You're asking me first? Yes. So it's just this. If you already think you know something, you're not open to learning what you need to know. So quit pretending like, you already know that millennials aren't worth anything, and that they don't work. And actually, talk to a few and find out what motivates them. Ask ask it the question this way: What do I need to become in my business in order to attract the talent that's coming to me? What do I need to do to keep those people, to get their best work, to inspire them, and and unlock their potential to grow my business?
1: Wonderful thoughts, my friend. That's good. So, Taylor, what would you tell somebody? That's a message you want to get out.
0: Mine is grow up. I mean, come on. I, you know, if you want to talk about snowflakes, if you don't know your numbers, you're just a big old snowflake. I'm just, I'm just saying it. And I, and, and, and I don't mean it in a derogatory way, but come on. I mean, you, we have to work on ourselves. We are the problem. My, my employees it has nothing to do with my company. Carter and I are our own problem. The more we work on us, the better our company gets. The more that we go through the 10 things that we have in our book, Blue Collar Proud, and work on those 10 principles, we wrote that book because we're talking to ourselves of saying we have to get better. We have to be the leaders. We have to know the operations. We have to know the numbers. We have to do our own marketing and our our sales. We have to be better. We have to work on us. Quit making excuses. They're just excuses for you not wanting to work on yourself. Work on yourself. Figure it out. That will be the best use of your time than anything else you will do in the next six to eight months. It will change your life. It will change your
1: business. Gentlemen, I want to pass this along. If you're listening to this, you just listen to three guys, and every one of us has a passion that you guys reach your dreams. I can tell you, when you guys reach your dreams, I don't think there's any prouder guys than the three on this, on this line right now. When we see you get what you're wanting in life and going where you're going and you're independent and you're not tied to a bank and you're moving forward, I don't think there's anybody prouder than Carter Harkin sitting over there and Taylor Heal and Jerry Now, Would you guys agree with that? Absolutely. That's it. And that's what it's all about. That's why we do what we do. You know, it's, yeah, we make a living supplying services, but at the same time, we all got a passion for you guys to move to the next level. So we're going to end this day. This is Jerry Eisenhower, CBC coach. Hey, before I end, I want to know something. You guys interested in doing this sometime in the future
2: again? You bet, man. We sure. always love working with you.
1: There you go. So anyway, this is Jerry Eisenhower, CBC coaching. You can look me up at www.cbccoaching.com. You can also find me at jerryeisenhower.com. Check out my books. I've got a new one that's just rolling out. It's called Standardizing, Standard Operating Procedures. also got a new one I just did called The Daily Difference in Life that I'm an author on with about 40 other people. It's actually, hey, so you guys know, it just hit the Kindle version on Amazon today. Awesome. So we're heading for that. Chaos to Reinvention. Look up our books. And these guys wrote a Really great book out there also Tell me the name of it again, Carter It's
2: called Blue Collar Proud 10 Principles for Building a Kick-Ass Business You Love
1: Yep. And I read it. I think I put the second review on Amazon that they got. Take a look at it. And also tune in their podcast. I've been privileged to be allowed to be part of that ever since they started it. And I do a little segment on there about once a month. My little, you know, things from the trenches. But it's solid, valuable information. You can get it on iTunes. Uh, Carter you get it where else do you get it besides iTunes Carter? You know
2: the best place to go is just come to our website. We're getting ready to launch an app and, uh, and and you'll be able to download the free app and just get all the podcast and goodness all the extras for the show right there in our app but uh, go to the go to our website bcpshow.com.
1: That's it, guys. And if you need a website for your blue collar, look them up. They're sparkmarketer.com, Nashville, Tennessee. I highly, highly suggest you talk to them. They do a really great job. But anyway, this is Jerry Eisenhower, CBC Coaching. I appreciate you tuning in today. And, hey, look us up next time. And we want to appreciate your time. It is truly an honor, and it's a pleasure. Talk to you next time.
0: Thanks for joining us here at the Blue Collar Success Network, sponsored by CBC Coaching and hosted each week by coach, speaker, and author Jerry Eisenhower. For more information on the services provided by Jerry and CBC Coaching, look them up at cbccoaching.com. Our mission here at Blue Collar Success Network is to help blue collar pros like you turn your
1: business dreams into your business realities. Let's talk.